You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at greenlitpodcast.com and patreon.com slash spirithunterpod, respectively. Season 3, Episode 2 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Patrick. Hannah. Joe. And Sarah. And last time, we started the Chimera Ant arc with Gon reuniting with his not-dad kite. But let's be honest, he's probably, I, I think, his better dad, in my opinion. Ah, the Piccolo and, of the series. <laughs> yes, the Piccolo. The Piccolo, indeed. And learned about some very scary bugs that really love their nutrition. I guess you could say it's like that uh that the the Agretsuko uh camel thing with the with the protein. Oh man. I for a second I was like, what are you talking oh protein. Yo, actually uh Agretsuko is just a alternate universe where the Chimera ants win. Ooh, actually I like that. That's that's my new headcanon. <laughs> I'd be kinda sad that they just evolved to what humans being just workaholics in like capital like stage capitalism i mean <laughs> oh yeah like straight up they're like well they take on attributes of the things they eat it's just like well we uh just fell victim to uh, an economic system they were involved with <laughs> this uh this is not what we thought was going to happen but uh it happened yeah we, we literally just went full circle i'm just imagine like the crap the giant crab guy with just like a, t- a, a tie around his neck and giant gun giant gun claws like here you go here's the tps reports boss oh i thought it was gonna be i thought you were gonna turn him into mr crabs i'm like yes please do this <laughs> the full crossover it's literally just sponge spongebob squarepants oh my god yeah it's a combination of gretzico spongebob squarepants i'm down wait does that mean that the octopus guy later on is squidward no, he's too cool to be Squidward. Uh fair enough. Oh, oh, actually, no. The crab guy would probably be more like Larry the Lobster, to be honest. Oh, oh, yes. Oh my God, Larry the Lobster isn't definitely a Chimera Ant. Hell yeah, I'm down with this reality. But uh, this week, we'll watch as the Chimera Ants run amok to the countryside as gone. The other humans race to find them. You better get ready. And today we're starting out with episode 78, Very Rapid Reproduction, a.k.a. Kyusoku na Zoshoku. Very I like rapid that title, reproduction. Very, rapid very Rapid Reproduction. reproduction. Very Rapid Reproduction. Very Rapid Reproduction. She that sells sounds... seashells by the Seashorpheus. Uh, this was originally released in Japan on May 5th, 2013. Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone. Um, the equivalent manga chapters are 188, which released in Japan on July 7th, 2003. So happy fake Mexican Independence Day and happy near American Independence Day. Does that mean we get to drink now? Yes. Yeah, why not? We get to drink on the cast now. I'm white, so all I know is how to celebrate Cinco de Mayo by just by drinking a lot. <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah, it's celebrated however you want, man. The real Mexican Independence Day is September 16th, recently passed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Happy birthday, Mexico. Yeah, happy birthday, Mexico. Alrighty. So, the episode starts with the narrator. He's explaining how the Khmer ants are insatiable 
carnivores who are designated under quarantine level one. And once they're more than two meters in length, humans don't really stand a chance against them. And then we cut to a very peaceful village full of unsuspecting farmers who are being raided by a swarm of Khmer ant ants. And they are being led by Colt, who is the Khmer ant who was been pretty much more or less implied, but I think it's by now it's pretty obvious that he evolved from the kid that was eaten in the last episode, the one that was protecting his sister. Who is the mass chimera ant? I mean, who is? Actually, actually, funny enough, there's a funny analogy. I was saying that Kurt was like Kurt Cobain last episode. But do you guys know the conspiracy theory with uh, Kurt Cobain and Weezer? Weezer? Yeah, I've never heard this. Uh, basically, yeah, the, 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 rumor, the rumor is that Kurt Cobain, out of frustration with his music, uh, faked his own death and became R Rivers Cusimo of uh, Weezer. And there's like a lot of like analogies and stuff to that. Stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that, that's weird because I heard before he was Kurt Cobain, he was actually Andy Kaufman who, who faked his own death in order to become Kurt Cobain. It was crazy. Yeah. This, it, it almost makes me wonder who, who's going to be the next, uh, what, what's going to happen after Rivers? Is he going to be like, uh, going to be like Beck or something? He's like Beck too. Have, Bo Bardem. Oh, sorry. <laughs> have you guys watched Highlander? Oh, God, mm -hmm. no. Okay, so it's about a group of immortals who, like, are going through history trying to kill each other. Like, they only they can kill each other. But, like, one of the immortals, like, straight up has lived in the same house for, like, generations just pretending to be his own kids. And then, like, not only that, but, like, the kids die in, like, like in from being born premature and just die. And it's just, like, none of this story makes sense. How did you fool anyone for hundreds of years? And I'm just imagining it's something like that. That's that's how we all were able to figure out that Kurt Cobain was the dude from Weezer, and previously, a Andy Kaufman. Anyways, does that mean does that mean that they're their own grandpa then, literally? No, it's oh okay. There's so many weird fucking things in Highlander. Like there's a part where he keeps a secretary who's clearly in love with him, but like he saved her from like Nazis during World War II because she was like a young German child. And, like, he never, he's not a creep. He didn't do anything weird with her. But she's clearly in love with him, and she's wasted her entire life being his secretary and, like, not forming, like, other, like, human connect. It's a fucking weird movie. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, Colt is Rivers Cusimo from uh, Weezer. That's confirmed. So yes. I don't Settle. make the rules. Canon. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, the, basically they're... Colt's pretty adamant that they only capture adults since they provide the most nutrition for the queen. And this is going to be a really common thing with Colt um, throughout the episodes. And we cut to Kite. Um, he's with Gon, Kilua, and the other amateur hunters at a hotel. He's explaining how the Khmer and queen, once um, she finds a perfect place to settle, she'll give birth basically to her own construction crew that builds her basically a castle and also gives birth to a personal army that hunts food for her. And once a queen is two meters in length and also has a taste for humans, it can mean literally that entire villages and towns would go missing. Is this the point where they say the really weird line like, ah, uh, yes, she will stay in her hive until she dies. And it's just like, why would why would you say that? 
Why oh, wouldn't you yeah. say that? <laughs> she did, they did say that that's where she'll stay until the end of our days or something like that. Yeah, it was just such a weird line. It's just like, uh, all right. I mean, I get it. But like, why would you say this? I mean, maybe he need to emphasize it. Drama. <laughs> also, typically, that's what happens with most bugs. Uh, usually reproduction and fur is like the end for most adults like males on the die as soon as you know <laughs> they do the do and then the females <laughs> die as soon as they either oh lay my the God. eggs <laughs> can we talk about how you referred to sex by a mountain dew by like a mountain dew tagline <laughs> yo yeah man i was i was having the time of my life code redding if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I gave her that Baja, but anyways. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, but there's some, there's some kind of ants I would like to give the Baja blast. If you know what I'm saying. Oh boy, it's <laughs> Yunju, the centaur guy. <laughs> he's my daddy. I mean, yo, he's definitely into some freaky shit, as we'll get into later. Anyways. <laughs> So Spinner, uh, she's looking for any high cases of missing people, um, just to see if there's any clues where the Khmer ants will be, um, but she's not having any luck, so Kite suggests looking into the title data um, from around the time that they found the severed arm, since it could have been washed away um, if the queen landed somewhere else. Um, so they managed to pinpoint the possible location um, anywhere on the Balsa Islands, including the Mitane Union, where the NGL and the Republic of East Gartu are located. Um, these are both not ideal because both countries aren't open to giving away information. Does that mean West Gartu is like a, it's, it's like sort of like Gangnam almost like it's like like we're getting squid game out of it? I was looking at it and how French it is, and I was just like, oh, man, that's the, uh, you know, that's the Prime Minister of Canada, you know, Justin Gorteau. Gorteau, yeah, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, everyone's favorite uh, blackface-wearing world leader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Keela asked the big question, um, what is the NGL? Uh, banana and stick. <laughs> Sorry. That's my favorite Lilo and Stitch spinoff. Banana and Stitch. I can't believe stick. these are names. Like I said, uh, so, he's not, Tagashi's not the best at names. <laughs> so they explain that the NGL stands for Neo Green Life Autonomous Region. It's a country where people um, have rejected all modern technology in order to commune with nature. Um, bringing in any technology is considered a crime. In fact, back in 82, three journalists were caught trying to film there, with one being executed while the other two are still being held in jail. Yo, is NGL legit Sentinel Island? Oh, that's possible. Well, I was thinking, like, I wonder if there's, like, some resonance to the year 82. I'm half wondering if that's the year Cannibal Holocaust came out. Oh, like, God. Oh. I'm, I'm legitimately, like, wondering that. Let me look that up right now. Oh, boy. Well, I feel like it'd be more akin to, like, I don't know, like, the obviously, like, the Mennonites <laughs> or, like, or any. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely much more like the Amish, yeah. 
Yeah, the I, I I'm watching American Horror Story, um, <laughs> the second part of the new season because there's two parts and there's this thing with like um, basically not to spoil too much a part with having no technology involved, so that leads to shenanigans and like if they just had a cell phone, things would have been way better. <laughs> I'm I, I wish people would apply that criteria to movies where that would be impossible. It's just like man. Have you guys seen Spartacus? If you just had a fucking cell phone. Cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yo, if, yo, if 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 freaking uh, if freaking Julius Caesar, he had a cell phone, man. Oh man, he could have been able to be like, yo, dog, we're gonna stab you later. Just saying. <laughs> so I just looked it up. Sadly, Cannibal Holocaust came out in 1980, not 1982. But I'm half wondering if there is a high profile like people getting killed by some island nation story from like real world 1982 but like i'll look into it later fair i mean if you think about it the, i mean the common area thing's kind of like kind of like hannibal holocaust minus all the, the the other stuff that happened in that movie i mean do you remember that part where they fucking like cut a turtle apart on film yeah that that's very commerant exactly i mean there's a turtle in there and he cut some other guy apart for a couple hours yeah. there you go <laughs> Man, he Franklin has been falling on bad times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope Beaver's doing any better. Yeah. Um. Joe's so, like fuck off. I'm trying to think because I guess like the because of the strangeness of the chimera ants wouldn't be more akin to zombies or because zombies aren't sentient. Um, we'll definitely get into talking about like the ideas of the chimera ant. Uh, later, I'd say for right now, I would think of them more as like an alien species almost, um, uh, even though they are yeah. like, you know, incorporating human DNA. It's like, hey, what if uh, have you guys seen the movie The Thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what if the thing, whenever it transformed, like retained some aspect of something? So it's just like, what if it got more human as time went on, as opposed to like just in a physical sense? Yeah. Or like those creature feature movies where it's like some kind of fungus that can control people's brains. Like, I think I watched oh, a couple movies yeah. like that. So it's kind of like a similar where down the line, you'll, especially with Colt, these are not really humans, but they have some kind of sentience, which makes mm. it scarier. Yeah, no, I, I'm now thinking, I've been watching Star Trek, the original series, and there's a alien race who basically hijacks the Enterprise and, like, takes over human bodies, but, like, Kirk and the others basically, like, get them wasted and get them jealous about, like, who's fucking who, and then they're like, <laughs> wow, you're already so human, like, they're basically trying to get back to their planet, which is, like, hundreds of light years away, and they're like, we'll have several generations who live on the ship, like, none of us will make it. And they're like, by the time you get there, you'll already be human. Can you see? You're already becoming more and more human. And like, he's basically yelling at them at how like flawed they've become. And he's like, you'll be completely alien and unacceptable to your race once you get there. And like, I'm like, oh, there's some weird parallels here. I don't think it's an influence, but I think that there is like the idea of human influence on like this alien gene, gene pool. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Star Trek, though, I actually was just watching Next Generation and I watched the episode where they rescued Scotty and he's in Next Generation and he's like a badass in that. But I yeah. need to eventually watch Next Generation. I think I'm definitely going to take a break after finishing the original series. Like, you need to watch Deep Space Nine at least. Like, holy shit, Deep Space Nine. If you like, if you like, like, it's like the best Star Trek in my opinion. Yeah, I let's let's not get super 
uh, into that's for the this, Star Trek cast next week. No, I was gonna say I am really enjoying original series, but there are so many times where I'm like, I wish this was like even slightly more philosophical or harder sci-fi. And everything I've heard about the later series, I'm like, oh, thank God they double down on that, as opposed to just like weird episodes where it's like we're Nazis, see? And it's just like, we're on our alternate universe, Earth, and there's Nazis, and Rome is here for some reason. Yikes. Well, I got some bad news about the entire plot of Deep Space Nine. It's kind of kind of like that. Okay, there's a difference between being fascists and being literal, like, German World War II Nazis, which totally happens in an episode of the original series. Yeah, about that. That kind of does happen. I'm God not going to go into it later. It. Uh-huh. Okay, anyways all, all i'm saying is that they're, they're um, well yeah let's keep going forget it we'll talk about it later okay and so kai explains that if the Khmer ants are in the ngl the citizens probably wouldn't do anything um they have refused international aid in the past during epidemics uh because they prefer to just let nature run its grisly course um, even if the citizens try to contact the outside world, it'd be too late, since by then the Anne Queen would have built her nest. And we Yo, fucking, um, I-, I was going to say, NGL confirmed anti-vax. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and so we go actually to the ant's nest which is completely built so kite is actually right um there kite is right i like it kite is right <laughs> there is an alligator ant that challenges colt to a friendly human hunting contest colt is like no you know, i will only follow orders from the queen herself um alligator isn't gonna back down he's actually suggesting that all the squadron leaders get involved so that way they can capture more prey um cole is like oh i can see that reasoning but remember quality over quantity before leaving um alligator thinks that colt is just really uptight while turtle and thinks that it makes him endearing while peggy or the penguin ant adds that the human he was created from must have been very earnest. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was created from, like, what, a six-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I we're debating whether or not we wanted to make that explicit just for Sarah, but, like, yeah, it's it's so obvious. It's so there. In the manga, yeah. it's less obvious, but here mm-hmm. it's just, like, really... Because, like, we'll talk more about it later but like yeah they make it so fucking obvious here oh yeah they do yeah Yeah. and the manga they they do more so like they even make it even more obvious where he literally i'll I'll bring it up then but he's literally like oh man i need to save reina it's like wait who's reina it's like uh so they make it more obvious that one time but they literally never hint at it otherwise like all the stuff those scenes Mm -hmm. with the mom do not happen in the manga stuff like that Oh. Yeah, we'll go into that. It's gonna be a mess. The manga notes are gonna be like, like literally, the manga was probably the shortest I had to read in this entire series. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was two. It was two chapters. Which, for context, you normally have to read like four or five per episode. <laughs> so we actually are go back to Rena and Kurt's village, where their mom is praying and also crying over her missing missing children she still leaves three bowls of food at the table and goes to the forest every day to look for them which is really freaking sad 
I was not <laughs> expecting this. I feel a little bit emotionally uh, manipulated at the moment. <laughs> that's the, the really entire. <laughs> that's the entire arc is just like being emotionally manipulated every single second. <laughs> oh man, that feels like the beginning of like a really tragic fairy tale about the mother eventually finding like a spring that like has a dark voice that comes over that promises to give her her children if she like lets her be possessed or whatever oh. and then like she becomes like this like queen of the forest and like starts like taking over human territories yo i'm gonna write that story brb <laughs> that would actually be pretty fun to watch <laughs> yeah and then things just get worse because the Khmer ants attack um it's actually colt's team he's about to take a kid uh, but then Haruna, um, his old mom, I guess, goes and protects the child. He doesn't seem to remember who Haruna is, but he still backs down, choosing to take an old man instead. Yeah, you know, old mom. <laughs> old mom. <laughs> Fuck that. Like, hashtag new mom, old mom. Yeah, hashtag new mom. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. <laughs> and you, <that> mom? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting what the anime did, and it kind of really hones in that they were all but trying to say that this cult is Kurt. Um, but the kid that the he was trying to take had the same hair color as Reyna. Oh, I the didn't same, even notice like, that. Yeah, nice. that's how Good I noticed call. too. I was like, oh, magenta. And it was also kind of like double sad because it's like basically the mom was protecting a little girl who looked like her own daughter. And then a split second after the danger is gone, the the girl runs to her actual mom. I was like, Aww. oh, oh. What a, it's like an emotional gut punch. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, at least you, at least they didn't take the mom, so I guess that was kind of a silver lining with that one. That's yeah. true. Me, he reasoned like, oh, this lady looks gaunt AF. <laughs> like her cheeks are sunken in. She looks sad. I'll just take this old man instead. Colt's like hashtag respect woman. Oh my god, I'm just imagining Colt saying all women are queens. <laughs> and then uh the alligator just being like, if she breathe, she a thought. <laughs> oh no. To be fair, to be fair, Colt is very loyal to his queen, so Oh, okay. I mean, okay, I was really worried. I was like, to be fair, what? What are you about to say? <laughs> to be fair, Vaporeon, no. No, okay. <laughs> Uh, I think this is at a di different village. Um, so Turtle Ant, he's looking very proud at the amount of people that his squad has um, basically taken. But then they're suddenly taken out by mysterious soldiers in masks. And they basically shoot them down. Uh and only Turtle Ant escapes and is very confused. The only thing he has really going is that the people who who shot off his squad were Giro soldiers. Is it just me, or do they look like do like Gyro soldiers kind of look like a J-pop or K-pop band? They like, do actually they're wearing these like, you know, like white vests, like with like a tank top underneath and then like a mask. And you just expect them to flip their hood down and then just like body roll a couple times. Yeah, it's like they do the, the sway like this, like, mm. 
the dystopian concept. <laughs> yeah, if any K-pop listeners are out there, they look like stray kids. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I got this. I'll look it up later. Yeah. Wait, does that, wait, if you if it make it kind of makes sense because East Gortos East are there, right? Oh my God, you're right. So that yeah, that means that they're K-pop that, rejects. And Jill is a savior for for K-pop. It's it's actually you know those like training camps that like. People in K-pop have to go to before they get into a band. Uh, oh, it just turns out Gyro's Army is one of those. Oh yeah, Army. All right. Oh yeah. Has- hashtag hashtag a G-pop Army. Yeah, oh, we're all man. we're all really into Gorto Pop. Exactly. Uh, I kind I kind of prefer uh, a-, a-, a a pop. What's a? Uh, the Asia. I I try to think of another. Oh no, they they have a Japan in Hunter Hunter, but it's it combines Nippon with Japan, so it's Japon. I prefer J-pop, Japon pop. Yeah, same Japonese pop. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> oh, oh man. So, um, Gon, Kill, and Kite, and the Amateur Hunters, they decide that they're gonna go to the NGL. Um, but the journey won't be easy. They had to travel by airship and land. And plus, there's also a nasty rumor going around that the NGL is manufacturing DD. Um, it is the hottest underground ju- drug in the market. And anyone who tries to investigate these rumors gets executed instantly. Real quick before Patrick gets into what he's about <laughs> to say. I want to say that me, Patrick, and a couple other people recently watched Enter the Dragon. And, like, I do think it's funny by complete coincidence how much, like, resonance there is here. It's just like, no guns on the island. Uh, we're making drugs. Uh, everyone's <laughs> going to fight. Let's go. Down as fuck. But, yeah. Um, I wonder if the DD is just loaded with, uh, with uh, what's that called? The, uh, the uh, what's that drug that, like, kills you instantly? Are you thinking of fentanyl, which yeah, doesn't do that? Yeah. Uh, no, fentanyl. Uh, I mean, so so fentanyl. Some people have like terrible allergic reactions to it. That's that's probably more what you're thinking about. Oh, I thought fentanyl is like super deadly. Um, if you load it, it it can be deadly. It's like one of those things where, like, if I remember correctly, like a certain amount of people have like a terrible reaction, but for other people, it makes it easier to like cut drugs so that you don't have to spend as much money so it's like a roulette wheel type thing uh makes sense but uh anyways i, I was joking below i was like the two people behind dd and it's just a picture of diamond dogs from Metal Gear solid five which is kind of the same concept they're a, a their own soldiers without borders their own army after everyone abandoned them also for some reason they have a cute dog and a, a girl that's a sniper that doesn't wear clothes for some reason i don't know I feel this makes them more um more uh meteor city. That's fair enough. Okay. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So it turns out Gone and Kilbar aren't the only hunters interested in what's going on. Um, we are introduced to two new hunters, Pakuba and Balda, who share a recording with someone that we haven't seen in a while. It's our good buddy, Pokal. Um, the voice recording is actually from one of the... I'm pretty sure it's the executed or one of the missing journalists um, who... The recording captures the screaming about gigantic bugs. 
and i, I feel it's a uh killed journalist but it's not the executed journalist because that happened in 82 and i'm pretty sure hunter hunter is supposed to be in like the same time frame as the real world when this was releasing so this would be like well i guess it would be more like 2000 because time stopped moving as fast in the manga as it did Mm -hmm. in the real world so like i think that was supposed to be like almost 20 years ago so i think this is like a different case of someone getting killed oh so like another person who snuck in yeah, no, because they said they sent, uh, yeah, like, scouts was, or something a scout uh, ahead, and it's like, yeah, they had recordings of it, and this is what we got back. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, they decide to go to the NGL to check it out. Uh, Ponzu t- tags along, um, saying that they'll need her Nen Control Wasp for easier communication. Uh, I don't think they're Nen controlled, but like, yeah, they oh. are under her control. Oh, okay. he, she uses she uses Nen to control them, so I count it. No, I I don't think she uses Nen. Like oh. I I oh, think she's it? never been like because remember she was using the bees during the hunter exam. Oh, so I, oh. I don't oh. think she knows Nen. I think she like literally trained them like Pavlov's dog. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really sure. I knew they're controlled somehow. Yeah, I think I think honestly she's incredibly impressive for fucking training bees, probably using like pheromones she's extracted. Yeah, it makes me wonder what her nen ability is going to be then after the uh, when she, uh, later on because she said she didn't have her hunter license, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I bet it's like you know she can turn into an insect or something. Anyway, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, there. So while waiting at the airship station, kite. <laughs> what? No, he's he's picking me off. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, no, no. Sh- 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 <laughs> shut up, shut up. Shut up. Before you say anything, shut up. Anyways, I'm All sorry. Right. Love okay. you, Patrick. <laughs> All right. So they're at the airship station. Um, Kai asks Ganakilawa, um, if they're really sure about coming along, warning that. He'll prioritize the safety of his students order over them. Um, it's not a big deal since Gonkiloa can take care of themselves. Um, so he asks them to leave him there if he's the one in danger, which they don't exactly feel very um, comfortable to responding to. They just share this like look between each other. And back at the ant nest, Colt, he remembers Haruna's face, and but gets interrupted by Alligator, who's a show-off, and tells him about how um, Turtle actually ran into some human resistance. Um, they listen in um, as Peggy explains to Turtle that the human army was using guns and explains the human concept of names. And speaking of Peggy... His dove voice actor sounds very familiar, almost a bit liquid, maybe a little bit of snake. And this is not my notes, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. It's um, he's voiced by Cam Clark, and Cam Clark also voices the famous liquid snake from Metal Gear Solid. So that's two MGS references in one podcast. Thank you very oh, much. Real quick, um, is that the brother of uh, Solid Snake? Yes, it is the brother. Oh, is it the the brother of a uh, salt snake? 
I tried to do the voice of uh of young Tagoro. Uh, yeah, young... of Elder yeah. Tagoro. I noticed. I was like, that's that's a different brother. I I was just like half like, is he gonna do Hulk Hogan next? Just like brother, <laughs> brother. <laughs> brother. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Liquid does have yellow hair, so I mean, it makes sense. He probably could be. He is a real American. He is. Oh, oh man. R.I.P. Liquid Snake. <laughs> yeah. Alligator is surprised that humans are capable of doing more than just running away. Um, but Colt isn't. He actually says that it shouldn't be surprising since the Khmer ants themselves um, have their own unique like thoughts and abilities and they have human blood running through their veins. So when uh, Alligator was saying like, I can't believe they can do more than run away and cry. My first thought was like, have you guys ever seen that meme? That's just like, what are you going to do? Do cry? Shit, cry? Shit, shit your pants? Yeah. You're going to shit your pants. pants you're going to come. And it's yeah. just like, what? <laughs> Joe, <why? laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yikes. Uh... Uh, the Ant Queen decides to call a squadron leader meeting, announcing that she is going to begin preparations for the king's birth. So they have to bring her 50 humans to eat per day. Uh, the turtle ant tells her about the human army and gets her permission to fortify the defenses in case of an attack and also gets her permission to use names. Uh, the Ant Queen, um, she's thinking <laughs> on her own. She thinks that the squad leader and ants and their want for individualism is very interesting and thinks that because she even thinks that it's interesting that she must have some human blood uh, running within her own veins and decides that she will name the three elite royal guard ants herself. So I wanted to note a weird parallel. Um, I think a lot of Chimera Ant is devoted to the idea of like both hierarchy and the difference between individuals and like, you know, what it means to be great. And the reason I bring this up is they brought up the idea of naming, but Turtle was inspired by hearing the name of like what is effectively the king of that section of, of the, uh, you know, the Matena Union, um, you know, of Gyro. And mm -hmm. so it is interesting that the first exposure they have to names is of effectively a king. And, um, you know, they're forming it's a king fitting. now. Keep keep that going. Yeah. Thanks, king. <laughs> yeah, god damn it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 when, when, when she, I was, I was going to laugh at myself because when, uh, when, when, she, when, uh, when they were saying uh, get the permission to have names, I was just thinking that one of them was going to be like, from now on, you must refer to me as Betty. God damn it. I'm just thinking of Big Daddy. It's just like, can I be Frankenstein? Yeah, okay, you're Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should make a Photoshop for that. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, I'm just imagining the, the queen is, like, leaving. It's like, but I can wipe my own ass. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so the final scene is on the airship. Gon is like telling Kilawa how he's afraid of disappointing Jing and more importantly himself. So even if Kite gets in danger, he's not gonna run away no matter what happens. Uh, Kilawa is pretty more or less undecided since he doesn't like to think in these types of hypotheticals. They argue about it as Kite secretly listens in on them, and it's just kind of ominous. 
But this whole arc is ominous already, so yeah. <laughs> I am not optimistic for anything. <laughs> I mean, you have, like, giant flying bugs picking up humans, uh, like, every few minutes, especially now with the quotas that they have to make for the queen, so... Yeah, this kind of this kind of makes Greed Island seem like a, a seem like a picnic almost. Yeah, it's like oh, it's just a game. Yeah, <laughs> York New was just lighthearted fun. <laughs> exactly. I feel like York New was very dark in a different way. Yeah. But meanwhile, Greed Island was just like, hey man, we're having fun. People are dying, but we're having fun. Let's go Joker mode, baby. Exactly. Exactly, and it's kind of it's kind of funny if you think about it. like it's like the stakes are just slowly getting raised. Like usually you'd think it's like in other areas where it's like oh power levels is going up, but this one's like oh death levels is going up. Oh yeah, man, we're gonna have some fun with rate these deaths during this season. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of them. I'm surprised we haven't done any. I don't think we have any for this one because nobody major died. But I, yeah, we can just talk about random murders that happen because like, man, there's some pretty it's not just who dies. It's also who does the killing because, man, some people are killed with style in this episode. Yeah. The next one, I think it's more so, though. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, sorry. I think you meant this session, not this episode. Yeah. yeah. But in the next episode during this session. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So on to the manga differences. Oh, boy. <laughs> Holy so shit. All right. So. Well, no scene. So most of what happened is not shown in the manga. So, I guess for an example, um, everything pretty much from where is the note right here? Pretty much everything from the ah oh, fuck. Where, let me just see it. Um, what the hell's the note? Basically, there's a ton that's missing. We'll just go through it and we'll, and I'll say it when we get there. So, uh, there's no scene of Haruna, Kurt, and Reina's mom. She's really. I don't think she's she's not even mentioned in the in the last episode at all. Like there's no talk of her. They mention her. I don't think they ever show her. Yeah, they just they just show the kids getting destroyed. Yeah. No, they had a scene with the mom. We we mean in the manga. Oh, yeah. in the manga. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, because basically it was just like, hey, ah. I'm gonna protect your little sister. Oh boy, who's this big dude? Yeah, and it's written in like a childlike scribble font, so it's just like you, <laughs> you can tell that this is like a horror movie thing. Like, I love my sister. We're gonna go fishing. And, oh my god. <laughs> Just gets destroyed. <laughs> Alright, so there's no scene of construction ants. That scene's not there. Uh, just consumed. Actually, I don't even think they show the outside of the cocoon. They don't. <laughs> hey, hey, another difference, baby. A completely different chimera ant shown in the manga versus the show. Like, even, like, I know they did, like, I know we brought up, like, the re, the re, uh, the redoing of the manga, but even in the redoing, there's characters that do not show up again or either do not appear. Like, there's, like, in the, the shit one, there's, like, this cool bird with a hat, which I'm digging the vibe. I kind of, it kind of looks like a Pokemon almost. That feels like someone who should be, like, a character in an early 90s, like, JRPG. Yeah, you got that. Um, there's a lot of radical differences for character designs, too. Like, uh, the, the crab guy, I forgot what his name is. Oh, that's uh, Larry. Yeah, yeah, Larry the Lobster looks completely different. Uh, Wolfen, uh, oh, I don't even, I don't think they show Wolfen yet in the, uh, in the, in the uh, show, right? Mm-mm. No. Oh yeah, wow, they didn't show Wolfen yet. You're right. Yeah, and Wolfen's right there. Uh, a little bit different though. He's drawn it's so bad different. in the version that Patrick read. Like holy shit, this is like this is literally like awful. Uh, there's this like this like hippie uh, praying mantis looking thing. 
which looks kind of interesting. I kind of like the vibe. I feel that one's supposed to be one of the more primitive ants getting their attention, I think. Fair enough. You got the like and and that hip that hip uh, bird with the hat, they completely changed them in like like I can't believe we're doing manga differences and manga differences. Oh, yeah, it's manga <laughs> on manga difference. Like literally like they changed the panda to like this hamster looking bear thing. Oh, so uh, cute. we should explain what this I don't think we've <laughs> talked about why there's two different versions of this shot. Because Patrick and I we knew theoretically that there were differences between the um shonen jump release versus the final volumes but man this drove it home in an insane way if you want to elaborate basically um i don't know when it hit but like as soon as chimera ant started it got really rough like everything looks like it's just base sketches because essentially tagashi what he was doing is oh shit i got a deadline i'm just gonna do these rough drafts here you go so people in shonen jump when they were getting it as it was being released were getting these shitty like, I'm sorry, I love Tagashi, but these are, like, this is, like, grade-A shit, like, drawings as the manga. And, like, this is co in comparison to what they're getting in Shonen Jump. Because, like, imagine you're going through Shonen Jump, you get an, oh, cool, cool One Piece art. Oh, cool, like, uh, JoJo art. And it's, like, you get to here, and it's, like, just scribbles. It's, like, it's not even, like, good. It's, like, this is, like, and it, it's, like, I don't even blame Tagashi. I just feel really bad for him because, yeah. Jesus, this is bad. Can we talk about how the scorpion dude in, like, the one that you read looks straight up like, what if Hisoka was a scorpion? Wait, which one? What scorpion? Bottom, I don't see The it. bottom right? The one that says division leaders fall in? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it does. It looks like that's supposed to be that uh, the lobster with the guns. I can't I, remember what his name oh, was. Yeah. Also, the lobster. Welf in here looks like he still has the circle for when people are doing artist sketches. Like, they didn't even erase it. It's just still inside his head. Yeah. We're, I'll post it up and, and show the shithouse art. Oh, oh did yo, you know what's up? Yeah. Oh, that was by accident. Sorry. But oh, I guess okay. I, I will like... say something. Um, Yeah, the sketch circle stuff. It, usually, sometimes it works with depending on the drawing. But with these, definitely, <laughs> it does not do any favors. Agreed. So. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm I'm glad that we got the screenshot of both the scenes because it kind of illustrates what like I'm dealing with. And I kind of want to continue this because I kind of like this kind of fun comparison. I, I think you should. I'll continue to post the high res, like the the good versions. But man, I want you to just like show us like the worst of the. Please, whatever you want, just post the worst stuff you find. I'm gonna post this up. I'm gonna be like, so this is the shit. This is the before and after. This is what I got to deal with versus what Joe's got to deal with. Yeah, I had never read the Shonen Jump release, so like seeing the stuff Patrick's sending me, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, this is like this is just bad. I'm sorry. I love Tagashi, like, but like, oh my god, dude. Like I almost am like, just why did you even continue writing at this point? More like why didn't you just like hire editors? Like we, we talked too. a little bit at off of cast, but like he totally could have hired editors. He had the money. He's just like when you're an artist, it's sometimes very easy to want to have absolute control over your vision. I used to run into this problem as a video editor, so I wouldn't let anyone else edit shit that I was doing, which led to me overworking myself to hell and back. And I think, Hannah, you have a little bit of perspective on this too. Yeah, so it's kind of like, especially with Tagashi having the both writing the story and doing the art, it's a something where he would rather put out something mediocre but he did it by himself versus something polished but some of it was done by like an assistant it just it decreases the personal value of that work which doesn't does make sense like i think it's like 
that's what a lot of artists suffer from is just like that wanting that individual aspect to be part of your entire work versus the finished product being good and that includes like getting help so yeah yeah am I interesting because you work in as an artist but you're I'm a design different. I'm a designer so in my day job so I have to collaborate and I have to you know compromise and stuff like that and versus what I do on the side as an artist illustrator where I can just do whatever I want and so I had to mentally prepare myself sometimes <laughs> I get hurt over things that my I had to change in a work project but I get over it but I think Takashi's in a different position because Hunter Hunter is his entire intellectual property from the story to the art and I think he just wanted to keep that and so it affects him to this day I guess yeah god fun stuff fun stuff but like it's just the sadness like and like I don't know, like like Hannah, if somebody like came up to you, was like, "Oh, this is the final design, and hands in this," would you be like, "Yeah, no, that's not happening." Yeah, I would be like, "That's terrible quality. This needs to get redone," and I would even outsource it if I had to to someone else to get it done. So, but like, man, like I mean, yeah, it's one thing if it's like, oh, a cool stylistic thing, like One Punch Man, but like mm-hmm. this is like, yeah, this is like, uh. So I got a fun story. I decided to look up the Hunter Hunter hiatus chart. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not start taking hiatuses slash breaks for two years from now. So prepare for a lot of this. Ooh. Oh, oh so, boy. Oh, okay. Apparently he takes a couple in the next year, but they're very short as opposed to two years from now where he takes like almost the whole year. Oh boy. My favorite. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be fun guys. Got it. Got another like 50, 50 episodes of me posting the worst art of Tagashi. Actually, I'm gonna make a hashtag hashtag Takashi worst of. I'll post that in the thing. Tagashi worst of today. Look at this shit house comic. As long as we make it clear that we still really appreciate the guy, and it's just more like, oh man, I'm like, it sucks that you put yourself through this, dude. Yeah, like, like I'm gonna be honest. The new one is amazing. I love the art and like the redone one. Holy crap! Like this is like what I what I love Tagashi for. Like all these characters have amazing designs in them. They look so awesome. I mean, I prefer it to the yeah. I prefer it to the anime actually. Like I like the manga final version a lot more than the anime. Exactly, and I'm gonna be honest. The only complaint I have is that he didn't keep that bird with the hat. That I mean, come on. <laughs> the bird with the hat was pretty sick. <laughs> also, I do think it's weird how different the squid guy looks in the final version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's like either they did make it slightly less menacing and more hilarious for the squid and just went for a very kind of like very cute, like very typically cute for the mm. small, shorter character. Like the for squid sure. went for the squid went from your daughter calls me daddy too to I'll get I'll get her home by 10, sir. You're not wrong, um, but I was going to say, like, you, you guys know in Jujutsu Kaisen, like, the main character, how they sometimes draw him chibi style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. second picture, there's a tiny character at the bottom left that kind of looks like that. Aw. That's cute, actually. Oh, is like that that little thing accident. next to the, next, like, <laughs> behind the behind the bear? Behind the bear hamster creature. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Bamster. Bamster. I I like I like this Italian this Italian swag this Italian look the the hamster's given off with that cross around his chest. <laughs> oh my god, is that yeah, that that hamster's a former priest. Or very Italian. Why not? But yeah, let's continue. Anyways, so uh the next change is I the the birthing process. It looks like that she has bugs that like cling to the ceiling and hold her larva or have them birth for her. And that I wasn't clear on this yeah. either. It yeah, and it looks and, like they have separate yeah. moms who are like her children. Exactly. And it looks like the king's three personal warriors. I don't think they show that in the show yet of them being born. It's just her saying, you know what? I'm going to have these three guards now. Does she, because I was thinking, does she lay eggs for everything else except for the king? I think that is the implication. Um, there's a slight thing there that I will not explain because it's a massive spoiler, but yes. Generally, yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it looks like it's a bit of a different process. I'll, I'm will i going to rewatch it in the manga, at, or rewatch it in the anime once I get, once we and pay attention to this next time. I almost said I'm going to check the 99 version. I'm like, thank god there's not. <laughs> hey, it's just going to be a lot of filler where they're just playing a Goongie for an hour and a half. Yeah, why not? And it's like, all right, so the next thing is no defense for the NGL underground in the manga. That scene is not there. The people that go up and shoot stuff and the whole gyro stuff, there are no, like, K-pop, K-pop boys that are defending NGL. Oh. Yeah, instead what they do is, like, a scene later, they're just like, oh, Turtles dudes were all fucked up, but they never show it. They're just like, it happened. Huh. Yeah. They had uh, tubes with bullets. They have two bits. Yep. But uh, th- there's no individualist ta- individualism talk in the manga. The queen does think the name request is weird, though, and finds herself weird for finding it weird. So, yeah, that was kind of a strange thing. Yeah, like, I think the manga's, like, more subtle in these chapters, basically. Yeah, the whole manga seems very subtle in a lot of things. It seems like they had to spell a lot of things out in the anime, but maybe it's, like, hindsight where it's like, okay, well, we can ha- we can kill time by having this this uh, thing that uh, that foreshadows this happening. I think that's the case. Also, it seems to me that Hunter x Hunter as a manga is very subtle in terms of how it deals with emotions and ideas and extremely explicit, much more so than the anime, in terms of how it deals with rules and cards and tactics. Oh, I think that's a very interesting approach because it's one of those things where I feel like as a anime as a medium... Like, TV in general really wants the emotional aspect, the emotional interaction mm-hmm. of the audience. Because, like, that's why people watch TV, or at least fictional shows most of the time, because they want to feel something. So that's probably why they added all these extra scenes. Yeah, I also think, as Patrick mentioned, it makes it smoother later because there's parts in the manga that I really like, but like would be mm-hmm. hard to follow sometimes where it's just like, hey, man, remember that thing that didn't happen? Well, we're just going to refer to it <laughs> in passing. It's just like, if you haven't been watching every episode, this is going to be very confusing. Yeah, no, it it definitely is interesting that the way they did that. And honestly, I think the stuff in the manga is mostly due to Tagashi like writing it as he's going versus how they planned it out in the show. Cause in the show they could be like, okay, here's this manga, read it. Okay. This is the plan, the storyboard. Why don't we reference this here? And to is like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Gotta get this done. And by the next mm. Tuesday, fuck, 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 fuck. 
I, I don't think it's just that. I think he also likes being a bit more subtle about that stuff. But it, uh, as Sarah mentioned, it doesn't play as well in anime, I think. Yeah. That makes sense. The anime is being broadcasted to, like, various general audiences, journals they can get, and you, of, of the emotional, the feels is the appeal of anime for a lot of people. They want to feel something. <laughs> so adding all these scenes with the mom and then having the philosophical talk of individualism will, is probably very, like, at least that's why I really liked it. No, I def I definitely I definitely know what you mean. Like it's like it's like the, all the emotional turmoil. You can you can see the pain of the people suffering. Like it's like mm-hmm. yeah, we just wiped out this whole fucking village, guys. High five. It's like it just shows the village getting destroyed, people getting torn apart from their families, people suffering. You know, and and I definitely can see that and I and I like that a lot in the anime. Yeah, I think they both serve their medium very well. I prefer the manga version, but I respect the changes made specifically for the anime because I think it serves it well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, continuing on with some of the manga the manga changes, uh, uh, Gon talks with Killua about whether or not he would run. Is that, that scene's added. That's not in the, the whole... Actually, the whole airship scene is not even shown in the manga at all. It's like, let's go to NGL. Okay, we're at NGL. And it kind of cuts into it because it's like at the, because it kind of cuts into like the next one because it kind of is like right because they do some of the scenes where they go into NGL as well, which we'll talk about in the next episode. Um, it doesn't introduce M- Melorun, Peggy, Alligator, or the other kind of ants before they appear in the manga. They're still like, "Hey guys, we're just talking now. Hey, what's about this name thing or like whatever the what's with the uh, the gun thing or whatever?" I don't even know if Melioron is shown yet. Uh, not, no, that's why I was saying that he wasn't shown, but he's shown in the next chapter. Okay, yeah, yeah, Sorry, when you said introduced, I thought you meant, like, literally they say their name type thing, but okay. I meant, like, they didn't have, like, him hanging from the ceiling, like, oh, where's Melorone? Oh, I'm just hiding, I don't want to get yelled at. That scene's not in there. But yeah, I guess spoilers, he does show up in the next manga chapter. For the next one, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't have Colt attacking the village where Kurt and his sisters were from. Also, doesn't have the mom warning in the forest in the scene either in the manga, like we talked about before. That whole scene is not added. It just has him. The only reflection he has on that is that whole mentioning Reyna. But I don't think that happens. That doesn't happen until the next episode. Um, the other one is the birthing of the guards. Yeah, talked about shown way different earlier. Um, it doesn't show Ponzu crew talking about going to NGL in the manga. There's no mention of who or who doesn't have their hunter license. Literally just one panel of them actually provides like, oh, wow, we need to go to NGL now. Or like <laughs> looking at the stuff. I do think it's very funny how in the anime they're like, oh my God, Ponzu and Pokal, huge deal. Here they're just like, oh shit, is that Ponzu? Does anyone remember that girl? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey girl. But yeah, literally just like one scene. Uh, there's no airship scene at all in the manga, like I said before. I probably should have rolled that into the, the other note, but whatever. There's a lot of changes, so I kind of got I got kind of got blue into what I added and what I didn't add. There's a shit ton of changes. Oh yeah, I, I added some too. So like, yeah, there's probably some editorial fatigue, but yeah, continue. Fair enough. Uh, Killer was standing on a horse, not in the manga. I didn't remember him standing on a horse. Yeah, so that's like a famous. So that's like a shot that a lot of people use on Twitter of just like, yo, check out how cool Kilo is, and it's just <laughs> him standing on the back of the horse while everyone's riding normally. Okay, yeah, and he's horse surfing, you know. Yeah. My favorite uh, motor surf or ho- horso surf. Horse surfing 64 was my favorite launch title. 
Exactly. And then uh, it doesn't really show them buying the horse in the anime as well. It just shows them like just having horses instantly. Maybe oh, they yeah, talk about that. And I right. missed it. No, no. I mean, they mention renting, but they don't show the the stable maid. Fair enough. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, that's that's about it. There's probably a lot more that I missed that I didn't include, but there's just so many that I probably missed one or two. But I try to add as much as I could. And hopefully Joe got my back on that. So yeah, I think that. I think between the two of us, we got the grand majority of them. But yeah, there's there's a ton of changes in the manga, and like like we were saying before, this is the shortest manga read we had. It it was literally two and a half chapters almost. Yeah, which is crazy because it's normally way more. Yeah, but um, that's about it for that. Um, why don't I do so, Joe? The way that this is written, do I have to say this in a Spanish accent or? <laughs> no, I mean I I just use that for rate. Those deaths. Do 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 do. do. Yeah, the um, way. That, the, yeah. Who got fucking murdered this time? I mean, it was a bunch of nameless people, but who did the murder? Mm. Oh, like uh, cult and all them. Okay, I got one that's manga only, but there's a part where they drop off one of the bodies, but like they unclothe all of them, so there's just a bunch of nude dudes, a <laughs> bunch of nude rude dudes. <laughs> being... Nude rude dudes. Just like falling on the floor of a cave. Uh, I'm going to rate their dead. Like, they, I guess they weren't dead yet. They were like paralyzed from like something. Yeah. And, like, they were going to kill them there. But like, man, I'm going to give that like a six because like the implication is pretty scary. And them being nude makes it like creepier. Yeah. More to like um, chapter black. Yeah. The, the thing about that is that um, is that I think that it's not established in this one, but later on it's established how they're poisoned, how they're affected. Because they, they show, I, I suppose they show a character like they show people that are in the pile and show how it how it works. Mm. So I wasn't sure if all the ants have that or if they all have like a something like that because I think that one is implied to have a much stronger poison than most. It it could be that that would make sense. So I'm kind of I'm not 100 percent sure on it. It might just be the sheer trauma of them having that happen to them. So all of them could be like just paralyzed with fear. Uh, I, I, there's also the chance that they just straight up like break their backs or something. Yeah, because they they said they keep them alive, yeah, to be eaten. So, yeah, they might break their back, but like do it at a low enough vertebrae that they are like their heart's still beating and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, real they disturbing. Can also... Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're. I mean, I think they showed one of them, uh, one of the people with a a stinger just impale somebody through the stomach. Oh yeah, that one was intense. Yeah, so there's also that too. They got fried almost. Um. God, there was something i was gonna uh i don't remember but it was it was directly related to this but what whatever i guess the Go other ahead. deaths i could think of were the ants and when they were being shot by the soldiers i thought that, that was, was pretty badass yeah i thought that was that was pretty impactful for me i mean because it was came off such a surprise um for sure and you guys play resident evil 3 no i've never played 3 uh, basically, there's there's this famous scene. Uh, you probably have seen it where all the zombies attack Raccoon City, and all the the police line up for a final defense, along with the Umbrella UBSC coming down to shoot them. It kind of gave me those vibes, where it's like their last stand, sort of thing. And they have guns. Mm. Sorry, I'm playing Resident Evil Three again, so I'm I'm probably gonna <laughs> reference that a bit. But no yeah, worries. it kind of reminded me of that. Oh, so I had a question. I don't think we'll have a good answer, but this is mm -hmm. something that I want us to be thinking about. The idea of chimera ants like turning into the things that they eat is really 
problematic not in the sense of like oh this is morally wrong more like literally it's a problem for like figuring out like the logistics of it because by virtue of that even tiny chimera ants if they eat just enough of a human should be able to become like human-like but like that's not what happens you have to eat like the whole thing and like so the question is why do you have to eat a whole human like why do you have to eat like gigantic humans like why can't you eat little bits of like everyone and I have a theory as to why this is, but it would be a massive spoiler. I'm just going to say I don't think it's entirely biological. I think there's a spiritual aspect. Yeah, I do think so as well. There has to be like some sort of, but the only thing I think of is that maybe maybe they have to eat the entire entire ass to be able to have the whole <laughs> personality. <laughs> but no, like 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 they like, but seriously, they have to eat the entire human to sort of gain it. I guess maybe that's the. Thing. Like if you nibble That's on my it, guess like too, because like if you nibble on a little bit of like leg, what do you become a leg? Leg, leg, chimera ant. It is interesting because they imply it's genetics, but like every cell in the human body has enough genetic information where if it's not fucked up, you could just recreate it. But I wonder. Okay, so there's two ways you can look at this. Either there's a spiritual aspect, in which case you probably need the whole human, or there's this one is me extrapolating and i highly doubt this is correct but there's the idea that like their dna copying is like not good and so they need like a large sample in order to get enough to construct a full genome i mean that, I w- that, that's that would make sense bullshit. and this is like, just yeah. the Khmer ant queen reproducing not correct the yeah individual. like the others the, yeah like the others unless they become a queen can't uh can't reproduce mm. they don't got the organs also, they have, like, there's other weird things about this whole thing because, like, their king is supposed to exist but then doesn't reproduce. So it's just kind of like, we'll talk about this, but it's, in many ways, it's kind of like a strategic, I won't say dead end, but it is like a strategic end point, which is very similar to a concept in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 2, which I think is, one, purposeful, and two, like, philosophically interesting, but we'll get into it later. Right. It makes, it, it makes the, you wonder, like, yeah, sorry. Oh, because, like, typically in a lot of like different insect bug colonies or even like other animal ones typically a queen queen, and only a queen and they give birth to other potential queens and all the different types of like workers or whatever level of um level of animals beneath them but typically if there is like a king figure it's not what they're aiming to reproduce afterwards because that doesn't ensure future colonies. Yeah, so this is something I definitely want to talk about because I think we'll talk more about this later, but I think a lot of this season is about the idea of like individualism and its relation to the collective and the species as a whole, like not just of the Chimerians, but of human beings as well. And I think that the ways in which they reproduce are definitely chosen as like a metaphor. And I think it's very fascinating, but we we simply do not have enough information at this point to really talk about it uh, cohesively. But I yeah. do think it is worth noting that they reproduce in a very interesting and like biologically counterintuitive fashion. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, like I said, it's only one of massive spoilers, but I think they do answer this somewhat later on in the arc. But I don't, like I said, it's massive spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about, like, answering as in, like, I want a concrete answer. I'm saying more like, what does it mean? And I think that's what we're ill-equipped to answer. Oh, like the mm. thematic choice behind exactly. why Tagashi's yeah. not going by 
real world biology logic. <laughs> yeah, because in real world biology, you want the continuation of the species. But if you make something that is effectively so powerful as to be immortal, that could also be seen as the infinite continuation of the species. But like what but like what race or creature could possibly encode that into their genetics that it would make sense to do that when the more easy adaptive strategy would be continued sexual reproduction. But we will talk more about this in the future just because like we are so ill-equipped to answer this given what we have currently in the show. Yeah. The only analogy I can see for them eating and turning humans into monsters like some sort of like war analogy where it's like, oh, the commanders are eating humans up and turning them into monsters like, you know, the military industrial complex to its people. Um, I have to think more about that specific aspect of it, uh, because I'm thinking more about the idea of like the growth of the chimera ants as like a race, as a species and like the social changes we're in. But like, I do think there is something to be said for the idea of the consumption and like what it does to human beings, et cetera. So we'll talk more about that later. Fair enough. All right. Uh, did we have anything more we want to talk about that? I think we. Oh, I have one last thing. Um, originally we were supposed to do some research on like ants and like, um, colony behavior and stuff. I think we'll, we probably should do that in the future because it'd be interesting, especially to ground some of these discussions. Not that this is like a super biologically accurate portrayal of ants, uh, or the movie ants with the Z. Um, but another thing that's interesting is, uh, ants actually engage in like a uh, many species of ants engage in like terrifying chemical warfare where they're like shooting asses at each other and like, just like ripping each other apart and like driving each other insane and stuff like that by like shooting them with things that like, just like poison, uh, like th that are neurotoxic. Um, I would like to read about that stuff because I wonder how much of an influence it had on some of the power sets, et cetera. But, uh, I think what Joe's really getting at is that, uh, we're going to probably watch a bug's life later on the cast. And get no, a we're actually watching B movie. Uh, so, but like every time, like I compare it to, uh, a philosophical tractate, it gets 50% faster. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. my favorite one of those videos was the b movie <laughs> but it's in old english i still uh, yeah my favorite one's definitely the b movie but every time they say b it's the documentary rise of fall of adolf hitler 1930 oh to night and it's literally the entire documentary of that over and over again and it's like a it's like an 80 hour video it's pretty funny Okay, so what I'm hearing is between seasons, we got to watch B-movie, take shots, but every time we take shots, we increase the speed of the movie. Yeah, down. <laughs> then every time we make JoJo references. Why not, yeah. Anyways, and now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. There are a lot of podcasts with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry, but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is. And the best. We've been ranking comic book stories for six years. We have a list with over a thousand comics on it, and we're adding more every month. More Rocket Ajax on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero okay. stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome back. 
next episode, episode 79, no good NGL or NG, not NGL or NG, not NGL. Um, originally released in Japan on May 12, 2013, the equivalent manga chapters are 188 and 189, the first of which was released in Japan on July 7, 2003. May 12th, my sister's birthday, actually. Hey, happy birthday, Patrick's sister. She actually was going to be on, but we couldn't figure out. I'll get her on eventually. Yeah, get we'll her on eventually. Out. Like I, I thought you said she liked uh, Greed Island more than this. She did, but we, uh, she, she has work schedule stuff, and we couldn't get it working. Whenever, whenever is good, Sarah, take it away. So the episode starts with the gang going giant chimera ant hunting. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> did they bring a rum ham with them? They bring what? Did they bring <laughs> rum ham with them? <laughs> they should have. It probably Wait, would have made. What's it rum ham? I don't understand. <laughs> Always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I haven't. Okay, so I've only watched seasons one through five. I'm pretty sure. I thought Rumham was in one through five. Maybe it is. I watched in like the background while building a Gundam model. The the most Joe Spiro thing ever said. But anyways, (laughs) wow, Joe Joe into Gunplug guys confirmed. So on their way to the border, their driver tells about how it's weird that so many people want to visit a place like the NGL. In fact, Gon and his group are the 10th group that he's actually driven there that same day. And we go cut to see Popol with Ponzu, Pekaba, and Balda. They already are in the NGL and they're searching for the giant bugs. Um, even if they don't exist, the trip will be worth it for Popol as long as he can discover something new. Uh... I don't know. I always find it very ominous when characters say stuff like this, especially with the rest of the tone of like the arc so far. I just like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't get a good vibe. Is it really worth it, Pokal? Well, you know, he asked himself the same question. Yeah, they're hunters. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, he asked <sighs> himself the same question. He said, is it worth it? Mm, let me work it. <laughs> and the uh, back at the Khmer ant nest, the squadron leaders are planning to raid more villages for humans. Uh, they all have names now, and we get to see more of their personalities. Um, so there is some tension between the squadron leaders now that they're showing more of their personalities. Uh, like when Colt, he's arguing with Chitu and Zazan about human hunting. He's more just doing it by the book. We do it for the queen. While Chitu and Zazan are like, we do it for the lols. We do it for the fun. Like, don't be serious about it, bro. We do it for the nookie. Oh my god, I can't believe they're so <laughs> they're black-filled. Damn. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, and um, <laughs> Colt and Peggy find this individualism troublesome because it basically to them it means insubordination and that this needs to be squashed down as soon as possible um, we actually see a very this is an example of this when Yunju a squadron leader he dishes the meeting in order to attack uh, Gyro's men um, on his own and he does it because he just wants to make him his pets so <laughs> I mean that's a valid strategy. 
I guess. But I, I was going to say, I think it's interesting because like Peggy is definitely coded as older than the others, even though he's probably the same age. Um, so it seems like a sort of intergenerational thing. Like you guys care so much about individualism when you should do it for the good of the hive, baby. Exactly. Do you think Peggy's 18? Peggy 18? I, yeah, I, damn it. Um, I think he's, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised given that he has like gray hair as a penguin. He might be like 50 or something. Fair enough. I mean, the human he was based on might be 50. They're all like, you know, little kids in terms of, I mean, they're all like recently born, like within a week. Mm-hmm. But he's not Peggy I, 18. I do actually kind of find it interesting just based off not my personal experience, but also kind of personal experience, like being Asian American and the whole struggle of like doing it for the best of the family versus wanting to strike out on your own and be like, I think Peggy would be like the first generation. Um, Colt would be 1.5. And being torn between the two, but kind of going more towards the more, I guess, traditional way of thinking. All the more rebellious squadron leaders, more like the second generation. We like, uh, we're American, so we're just going to do what we want. Like, why do we have to do that? Yo, you know what I think is fucked up? When those villagers asked Colt where he was really from. That was weird. Oh, God. (laughs) Yo, Colt, where are you really from? I'm from here. I'm literally from this village, you guys. I was born. I was born, <laughs> I was born literally like ten feet away. <laughs> fresh out, of, fresh out of the egg. Uh, yeah. So we are gone, and his team are finally at the NGL. They're actually the last hunters to arrive at the border. Um, but due to the strict policies that ban any manufacture or artificial materials, uh, doesn't matter if it's um, like external, like clothing or weapons or even like backpacks, or they can't even bring anything that's implants. So they can't, they can't have any like dental wear. They can't have any piercings or pacemakers. I'm assuming. Um, they just so make he, them rip it out of their hearts. No, they said they just can't go in. Yeah, oh. they just you just can't go in, and they can't buy it at the gift shop that's conveniently like located right at the border stop. Which I thought it's that's like that's how they, that's how they get you. That's how <laughs> yeah, they get that's you. How Disney should operate. <laughs> it's like you can't go in, but we have this stuff that you can purchase for a very low price. <laughs> we knew you were trying to sneak a flask in with in your ass <laughs> <laughs> you could just purchase an all organic one at our store <laughs> have oh any you watched the have any watched um uh squid games yet i watched I the not. first four episodes or three. Oh, it's, three it's like the, the one lady that sneaks in the lighter oh yeah <laughs> oh man wait is was... that a fucking reference to a tarantino movie <laughs> wait what do you mean isn't there someone who sneaks in a lighter in like uh, who sneaks like he basically dies of dysentery from keeping a lighter in his ass in one of those movies? Uh, I I, w- I wouldn't say it was a reference. It's more like just a reference to smuggling in general. But I I meant specifically the lighter though. But yeah, no, no, no. I mean, no worries. If it's a coincidence, <laughs> it's a coincidence. It, it's just a coincidence, probably. I, I mean, it might be. It's very if a lot of it seems very Quentin Tarantino esque. It seems very pop culture literate from what little I've seen of it, but I've yet to watch. Yeah, I'll I'll spoil it, but this is the second time I heard I heard a interesting rendition of "Fly Me to the Moon" in a show. Oh yeah, 
I would the only like so we don't get too derailed. Squid Game is a very interesting type of like K drama because I feel like it takes more nods from more Korean movie cinema versus broadcast network typical K dramas, and I think that's because they hired a movie director to to create it. I think that's why that's why it's been popping off in like so many different countries besides dystopian um themes are kind of more i guess more eye-catching for a lot of different audiences i'm glad that more anti-capitalist korean work is getting more recognized internationally because of like how glitzy the image of korea is for so much of the world i'm glad that more of the hey korea has some fucking problems work is getting out Sadly, it's uh, sadly it's super relatable to uh, America almost. But I would say it's a double-edged sword because what does it really mean when a lot of Korean media, that even including Parasite, which was backed up by one of I think the daughter or something of like Korea's biggest monopoly, media monopoly. So it's like, not, it is anti-capitalist critique, but is being packed being backed up by one of the biggest capitalist structures in South Korea. Plus, South Korea's soft power is related to its media, both in music and entertainment and technology. So take with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, there's a longer discussion here. But like, I mean, if you go back all the way to Marx himself, like Engels, his buddy was like literally a successful businessman in like industrialized uh, in industrialized Germany and funded his like entire like career. So it's just like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a contradiction so much as, like, it's just the way you have to operate in a society that is already dominated by a system. That's true. It's interesting. But, yeah, the, go watch Squid Games if you haven't. Great show. I know people, some people I've heard are not a fan of it, but it's it's really good. I liked it a lot. I'm actually watching it dubbed, but I don't know how blasphemous that is. But I liked it dubbed. It was kind of cool. I've heard the subs are not super accurate either. So it's just like, yeah, then they're, you're probably fine either way. Yeah. And for what I looked, the dub cast is a lot of like Korean, um, American or Korean actors in it. So, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but you know, yeah. it was really good. I really en- I'm really enjoying it so far. I definitely recommend if you guys like stuff like that, definitely watch it. It's worth the watch. And it's worth the hype. Like everyone's hyping it up, but it's, it's worth the hype. It's really good. Yeah, I might actually check it out. And I very rarely watch like Korean TV. I I love Korean cinema, but like because of like what Korean TV was like in the mid two thousands, I like just gave up on it. And I've heard that it's gotten so much better. But like I just like it was like one of those things where like there was such a sharp contrast between cinema and TV that I was like I have no desire to get into Korean TV. But like it's apparently gotten way better. I would say it's more like cinema. Yeah. It feels like 12 back-to-back Parasite movies in terms of quality. Quality or like the ideas? The quality, but also some thematic stuff as well. So if you like the thematic and the quality of the movie, it's like, damn, this is like back-to-back. It's a bit slow in the beginning, like the first two episodes, but it picks up. Mm. I might check it out. Yeah, we'll see. It's good. But anyways, where were we at? Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. So uh, after all the strict screenings, um, only Kai Kiloa, Gone Stick, and um, Padungo. Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, that, that weird racist caricature. Yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. So only 
Finally, they managed to pass the tests and are able to go into the NGL. Yeah, in the manga though, they they explain the reason why the one bear guy didn't get in is because he had a he had a, a penile implant and he really couldn't. Uh, Fuck they him in. I thought I was just like, wait, I don't remember them explaining it, and now it's like, oh, that's because they didn't. I thought they were gonna be like, who? Because he looks like a bear, like those fake bear ears <laughs> are like actually like silicone implants. <laughs> yeah, they're like that's not real. That's that's all prostheses. I'm an actual bear though. It's like right, get get out. There's, you know, if he had gone, he could have become an actual bear. Yeah, I was. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's oh no! Sad. Uh. Oh no! Oh, man. And so the hunt begins. Um, there. I think I actually have a question for Joe, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. what would, would you say that the the, the way they, they stored the equipment for the scanning, the screening, was that pretty? San- was that sanitary enough? As somebody that comes from a family of doctors, would you say that's sanitarily okay to have that in a cave like that? I, I actually didn't look, but it's not a cave, it's a tree. But that being said, probably not <laughs> a medically clean environment to have in a tree. I gotcha. I, I just wanted to verify. I just wanted to... Also, did you notice that they did MRI next to like some of the equipment? So Yeah, that would completely fuck up like all those computers. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, why do you have an MRI next to a scanner and... I'm guess I'm just gonna guess Chimera, Chimera uh, Hunter Hunter magic bullshit. No, I'm gonna guess Togashi might not know how MRI works. <laughs> He's like, what? I, why can't I bring my phone to the MRI scanner with me? I, I mean, you know, MRI. It's probably called MRI in Japanese as well. And then it's just like, well, if you don't know English very well, you're not gonna guess that MRI means magnetic resonance imaging. Fair. All right. Uh, continue, sir. Sorry about that. I just no wanted worries. to get some insight. And so just in case. I'll bring my brother or dad on as a medical consultant <laughs> for an episode. Can you that make works. chimera ants? No. Okay, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Can you like replace their organs and keep them alive like that? And make artificial organs? Like, uh, no. <laughs> Alright, so the hunt is on and they're riding my horseback um, looking for any clues. This is where the scene where Kilua is riding on a horse but he's like standing up <laughs> where that meme comes from um it's, it's like it's like the badass like anime thing where they're standing on something that's obviously dangerous kalua zoldik's pro horse rider <laughs> I, I imagine somebody photoshops like the point gauge increasing it's like it's it's, it's like bareback <laughs> you still see down. points right i'm down for that i'm also down for it being shot with a fish eye lens let's go down <laughs> Um, they are being followed by some NGL ambassadors who are actually spies. Um, Kite is, he's like, I don't know, I just put a random number, 96% sure that the Chimera ants are here. <laughs> um, and then it, the scene switches to a local NGL man trying to fight a killer koala with a tree and loses. Um, basically... <laughs> I think now I get the reference where you said it's Matthew Matthew McConaughey from Sing because he played the koala. (laughs) Oh yeah. I've seen people Photoshop that dude in. Yeah. It's, it's Buster. It's Buster moon. He decided I'm going to kill people. Now he he didn't, his theater went out of business after the second movie and is like, man, what can I do to get my, get some money back and live a life? Yeah. He also looks like another koala that, I'm trying to remember where it's from. 
Um, is it Koala March? Those uh, chocolate-filled candies you get in an Asian grocery store? I... Oh, he looks like the koala from Animal Crossing that everyone hates, Eugene. Oh, oh fair okay. enough. <laughs> Yo, people have terrible taste. Eugene is great. I also like Eugene. I think he's way better than Raymond. Fuck that guy. Wow, hating Damn. on my my my, my husbando. I don't like that, Sarah. Yo, we should. What if if any of us were still playing Animal Crossing? I'd be like, you should start a Chimera Ant Town. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just like invite, like just like like all all a Chimera Ant, like like uh, like horses and, and stuff. Or yeah, w- what's the uh, what's the catchphrase of the day? Kill humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Man. like serve the queen. Yeah. Can you imagine being like the villager and having to put on like a different like an animal head just to disguise yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that time that Hotline Miami crossed over with Animal Crossing. Yeah, I really need to play that game. It's good. I've never finished it because it is very hard. Fun story. I've recently been playing through No More Heroes, and one of the in between games. Spoiler warning: um, No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again is a canonical sequel to Hotline Miami. Wow, I'm I'm excited. Also, announcement probably gonna stream that. Oh, that's probably that's gonna be already streamed by the time this airs. So, sounds good. Yeah. Spoiler warning: we already streamed it. Yeah, it's already been streamed. We haven't streamed it, but we've streamed it. Like, like as we're recording this, we haven't. But when this releases, we have. So, go watch that stream. I'll probably put it in the in the description if we do it, if all goes well. But I plan. We're planning on do it right. Oh, yeah, I'm super down for that, and we should definitely take shots. I'm down. Oh, I got some shot glasses, so hopefully... I was going like, to say, you don't need rooms. to drive. It's going to be at your house. I know. I got some fireball. Oh. <laughs> Oof. Enjoy. <laughs> um, All right. and where were we at? So, basically, um, we're Koala, he managed to kill the man using, like, a spitball. Yeah, he basically spits him to death. And um, this doesn't make his squadron leader, uh, Melioron, very happy um, because they're supposed to bring the humans back to the queen alive. Um, yeah. know, I said- like Melioron because he kind of reminds me of a chameleon shaggy. He kind of does. I see that. I, I actually like, I really like Melioron as a character, but so far his scenes in the anime I've not enjoyed. Um, like, because he's, he hasn't even shown up in the manga yet. Oh, you know who he kind of looks like? He kind of looks like Beautiful Joe's character if he had blonde hair. Vaguely. He also kind of looks familiar. like the dude who owns a video shop in No More Heroes 1. Fair enough. I had to play that game. No More Heroes 1 and 2 are undeniably great. 3 is very divisive and i'm not liking it i don't like it and i beat it joe we'll have a complaint on that on saturday but yeah i, I also want to play killer seven i haven't beat played that before but i really want to killer seven is one of my favorite games of all time but it is the most like you either love it or you hate it game ever made we'll figure that out baby <laughs> all right and we are we see more scenes where there are different ants who are butting heads over human hunting so there's Colt. He's stopping Ramat, who is this rat? Who is this rat? Um, I think he's something else too. He's a a shriek. A shriek. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's interesting because they explain this in the manga before his first appearance, but then in the 
anime. They're like, oh, he'll just show up and we won't explain it. Is it like explained as like a little pop up, like explaining like what kind of animal he's based off of? If I remember, they're basically like, yo, why are there a bunch of corpses stabbed through trees? And it's like, oh, well, the shriek, which is a type of uh, bird, does that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but... he's, like, he's like a bird mixed with a rabbit then? Yeah, he's like a, a bird rabbit, yeah. Okay. Bird person? Bird yeah, person? <laughs> bird person problems? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just bird person things. <laughs> um, so he stops him from eating a child, saying, like, it's not it's not enough nutrition. Um, they have this very serious stare down, and Colt just flexes his authority. And he's just very unhappy of the recent insubordination from everyone. He's not here for it. Um, meanwhile, Koala, he actually kills a human before some soldier ants can take it away. Uh, he says, like, oh, what? What are you going to do about it? I just like killing humans. Um, he asks, like, what squadron they're from. And they're from Zonzons. And he tells them, well, you could just bring these corpses back to Yunju so you can switch sides. So Koala is interesting. He seems very, uh, like, he likes to stir the pot a bit. <laughs> So I'm interested to see. He seems like he's going to be important. You know, it's kind of funny. Like uh, the the vibes I'm getting off of uh, Colt is like he's like one of those the managers that are like the upper managers. They have to deal with other other managers. And it's like, what squad are you from? Oh, I'm from the the Zazu. It's like, oh, Zazu, that guy, huh? Man, I hate where uh, you're part of his his squad. Man, he is such a such a see you next Tuesday. I yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like. Colt's like a true believer. He's not just like a brown noser. He's like someone who works at like a nonprofit that's kind of shitty. Like the the nonprofit is shitty, but he's like, no, but we got to do it, man. It's for the yeah. good. That's I feel true. for him. Yeah, it seems like he genuinely, genuinely believes in what he's doing. Like he's earnest, like Peggy said. Um, Koala seems like a wild card even more than the other wild cards that we've seen so far. <laughs> Cue that always sunny moment about the wild card. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be kind of amazing if they're if you trained by like uh Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like Charlie Day as, as oh, both of He just good. jumps out of the back of the van. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's dressed up as a racial character and jumps out of the van. <laughs> Fair enough. Who would Danny DeVito be then? Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Alligator. That's fair enough. Maybe, maybe he'd be Melioron, like early Melioron, rather than. Mm. Well, actually, no. Danny DeVito can play really earnest too, so he'd play his always sunny character as early Melioron, and then like his like you know end of Matilda character for the end of the Camarion. Yeah. I know, I, I kind of got like I kind of got like Dennis vibes from Melioron to be honest. Oh, I could see that. It's like him later on, uh, Joe. It's like him later on in the, and in, in the I won't spoil it for sure, but later on in the uh, the season, he's like, "Haha, dumb bitch." God damn it! Okay, uh, I'm really excited for Always Sunny in um, the Mantena Union. <laughs> um, and then. Fun fact, um, Rama is voiced by Tony Oliver in the dub, also known as Lupin. Yep, the best Lupin voice in my opinion. I agree. 
we have a picture of him here with the uh, green jacket, which green jacket Lupin, I think better look. Oh, versus I, I definitely the red? think the vibe of green jacket. Actually, you know, okay, I think red jacket is more classic. I think green jacket is more like he feels more down to earth, which is insane to say about a fucking international thief, but he feels more to down be, to earth. To be fair, he was that that was from Castle Cagliostro, right? I think it was green jacket? jacket in some of in like because like there's like one series from the '60s, one from the '70s. I think in one of those two, he wears green jacket the whole time. I I know he does red jacket in part two, so he must have done green part one in that case. Yeah, and if I remember, like there's way less like part one is way less available outside of Japan, if I remember, but I forget. Yeah. Also, I, I guess I just saw the recent announcement that they're dubbing the Detective Conan Loop on the Third crossover and the whole. The whole Funimation or the Lupin uh, Lupin Three Part Two dub teams there, so it'll be Tony Oliver. Have, have you Oliver's seen that movie yeah. in Japanese already? I haven't actually. No, it's actually really good. I w- I watched it. I actually really like it. And I came in like I'm not a Detective Conan person. Like I don't dislike it. I just don't know it very well. And I still really enjoyed because like the Lupin stuff was very spot on. Yeah, I'm excited to see it because I'm a big fan of both series. Like uh, like to an, I don't know. I really love TMS Entertainment stuff. They always have some fire anime. I don't know how they do it, but. Like they just keep that quality up, so it's always some great stuff they work on. Yeah, I would just like Spotify to have all versions of the Lupin theme available, specifically the 2015 one, because it had the mandolin in it, and I just think oh. it adds a little bit of like extra spice that I just like. <laughs> so I'm hoping yeah. that copyright in Japan will <laughs> become a little bit more, even more open. So I can yeah. listen to it and stream it. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. But like something dumb occurred to me just now. When you mentioned all the versions, I was just imagining playing them all serially. And like, do you guys remember Too Many Cooks? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, Patrick, do you not remember Too Many Cooks? Like, really? I don't, I don't know what that is. It was this Adult Swim thing where they played this theme song for like what was supposed to be like a sitcom, but they just kept on repeating and it gradually degraded and got like really disturbing and weird. You need to see it. It's it's very much up your alley. I'm blown away you haven't seen it, but I'm I just think, imagining. Yeah, is that a Tim and Eric thing? Uh, no, I think it was. They might have been involved, but I don't think it was on the show. Okay, because I don't remember that one at all, actually. What year was that? You need to see it. It's amazing. But the reason I bring it up is I was just imagining playing all the Lupin themes serially and just like, oh God. you know, you keep on seeing Lupin just blow shit up and then like it just gradually gets weirder and more disturbing. It's just a mess of interest. But yeah, actually, uh, they actually just released the Lupin, the, the first movie soundtrack on vinyl. So I'm excited to listen to that one. Unrelated, but... Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what I hate about like the streaming service where they like block off music. That's why I just open my own so I can not ever have blocks. But the only thing is I have to provide it by myself. So yeah, trade offs. But you know, I'm not gonna be like my music's not gonna play because I'm not in in Asia or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to the episode. Uh, we're back with Pokal, and his group comes across one of the dead bodies of Gyr- of Gyro's men. I always say Gyro because I'm hungry. Gyr- I want a anyway, Gyro now. I'm hungry. Thank- <laughs> thanks, Sarah. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> do, do you guys want to know something really fucked up about how that word's actually pronounced? How is uh, that? Sure. Why not? It's like Gyro with like a Y. Gyro. Gyro, yeah. Well, yeah, but a lot of people pronounce it like gyro, gyro. 
Uh, yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who do the latter. <laughs> yeah, it's because, like, while Gamma made a G noise in ancient Greek, in modern Greek, it doesn't. So it's just, like, a lot of the words... Know. The word gyrate in English is from Greek and was pronounced that way originally, but they've diverged so much that the English one is more conservative to ancient Greek. Lol. But, yeah, no. I, I think it's good. It reminds me of my, my favorite uh, AVGN skit where it's, like... A, have you seen the Rob the Robot episode of that? No, Mm-mm. none of you. No. Oh, basically, he's like he's asking for a gyro. He's like, you want a, you want a fucking gyro now? It just makes him a fucking euro instead, and he's like, not that like an actual gyro. I just thought that bit was just the dumbest thing ever. And I always think that every time I hear euro. But yeah, lol. <laughs> Go watch. Uh, um, it's like episode hundred. So. Uh Okay. Uh, yeah. So. They notice that the wounds don't look like anything that a human could do. And then suddenly they're attacked by three ant soldiers, which were the same ones that Koala was talking to earlier. Um, uh oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I just, it just like, I think this is the fact that like Koala stirring the pot, or they could just be like, you know, hunting humans like they're supposed to. Um, Either way, they are defeated by Pokal, who uses his red arrow net ability to fight them off, um, saving Ponzu and his team. And they decide to warn the other pro hunters there uh, when they hear a bunch of gunfire in the distance. Uh, the noise is coming from uh, Gyro's base, which is being attacked by Yunju's team. The episode ends with the narrator saying how Gon's group is unaware of the storm brewing in the NGL and how they are heading straight for the center. Pew. That's it. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, how well equipped with it they would have been if they came, like, a couple weeks earlier when they they weren't as powerful. If they'd be able just to wipe them out at that point. It, it, I think... It depends who you're talking about. If it's like Kite, yeah, they could have done it. If it's like Pokal, he might have still fucked it up. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, because like, like, I mean, I wonder how, like, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Pokal yet, so. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's clear that like they're in a bad spot right now, like, because like he's the most powerful of that group and he's like barely able to like kill them individually. Fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, it's uh. It's kind of kind of a sadness. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, uh, what do you guys think? Um, I really like this buildup. Um, I'm very curious what you guys are gonna think as the anime goes forward because I think the anime. I used to wonder why people complained about Chimera Ant feeling long. Um, and like I think it is, but I think that's actually not as true in the manga, which is surprising. Mm. Um, I think mm-hmm. it is weird seeing these things that are effectively filler in the 2011 anime, but they're like canonical filler. So when I say filler, it's just like, hey, something that in the manga is said to be for sure happening, but off screen and never shown. And here they're like, we'll just animate it now. And like, I think it makes sense from making a smoother anime perspective, but I think it definitely bloats up this section in a way that like is regrettable, possibly. Do you think maybe all this addition is the reason why Chimera Anne is as long as it is? Perhaps I'm not going to rule that for sure yet until we get further into it, just because I'm curious to see how much this persists. 
just because again uh for the record i've only read the manga all the way through i'm like completely caught up on the manga up to like the most current hiatus but i have never watched the anime up to this point until now yeah it's interesting though to think about because like the the length between the the chimera and where it ends and i think it ends at 14 right the 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 anime ended in 14 in japan Oh yeah, I thought you meant the 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 manga part of it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the manga of Chimera en- ended in like 2011. Let me check that. Well, like, yeah, continue. But, but yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, that 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 uh, the 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 length between Chimera starting and ending is about the same of where the 2011 ended and now, pretty much. So I think it started in like 2000 or 2001 or something when the the Chimera ants started. Uh, I think it started in early two thousand three. Oh wow, yeah. So it's like so it's yeah, like eight it's, years. Yeah, so it's it's like almost a little bit over that amount of time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. It has been slightly more time now since the anime ended than the anime beginning and the manga. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You get the idea. The, the, the point. The point is, is that is that the, that arc between when the anime ended and now is the longest and it's and it's still they still didn't make it, it even close to half the progress they did in mm-hmm. Chimera Ant. Well, Tugashi did. But I know it has to do with the, all those hiatuses though. Yeah, exactly. Um but we'll we'll talk more about that later, but like it is interesting. Um I have talked with Raimi of Say the X and he's basically said like if Chimera Ant, uh, if Hunter Hunter never comes back, he's fine with it and he expects it not to ever come back. I'm slightly more hopeful than that. I think that if Togashi doesn't have a long-term debilitating medical issue he'll eventually come and like maybe make something to epilogue it but that's about it yeah i, I would i wouldn't mind it just to be like okay after like the this arc that they're on now it's like okay this is the epilogue that's it uh you know either that or once their kid grows up like once their kids grow up like tagashi dies and naoko takuchi finishes under <laughs> and it's just I would turns love into a to see her gro- take into <laughs> take on it <laughs> I would be very interested for her to make either side stories or prequel stuff. Like it'd be really cool if she did like young Netaro or something like that. And this makes it a magical girl anime. Dude, a bisky magical girl anime. Let's go. Holy oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. That's a great idea. Ignore my, my mocking of that. Ignore that. That's actually, I'm down as fuck with that. But honestly, a bisky side story, like her, her like rise to where she is. I'd be a hundred and thirty percent down. Yeah, if it like stays like within canon, that'd be pretty sick, actually. Me, Bisky, Melody, Canary. Ooh, kind of... honestly, honestly, that'd be a cool team up. Canary would be a hard sell just because that would have to be like in the future where it could like interfere with canon. But like the other two, because they're like older, you could definitely do that. Also, Joe, they should add the other person that shows up later in the sh- in the season. The hair? The one with the hair? Oh, yeah. Uh, That'd be interesting. Like, if you just, like, detailed them and their teacher's past, that'd be interesting. Down like, as yeah, hell. Yeah, let's continue. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on to the manga note. So, a lot of changes like the other one. There's mm-hmm. no gyro stuff at all or any of the NGL underground Jun- Yunji scenes. Wow. Like, all that is not in, in, in the manga at all. Yeah, in the manga, like, later, you just find Yunju there, and, like, so it was just, like, implied he had to have done this to get here, but, like, it is not actually shown. Yeah, the the, the, the Ramot versus Colt stuff does not happen. I don't even think they introduce Ramot at all in the manga. 
as yeah, of yeah. yet. Uh, actually, I forget, but like, yeah, they definitely don't mm-hmm. talk like that. And they don't—they don't show. I don't remember them seeing it, but also I'm reading the 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 the, ja- the jacked up version, so maybe he might have been drawn, but it's like some weird character he changed completely. Yeah, he might just be in the background or some shit. Yeah. Uh, Colt mentions a certain. I guess we already said it. Colt mentions specifically Reina a couple times, and he, and like Peggy's like, "Who the hell's Reina?" In the manga versus him not bringing her up at all. Just that little scene of of him having that uh, triggering moment. So this is a weird uh, note, but Reina means queen in Spanish, which sounds like irrelevant, but it's also a valid first name in Japanese. And to my knowledge, I think is sometimes used amongst Brazilian Japanese people for like a good multinational name. Interesting. And like a lot of those people eventually moved back to Japan. So there's a lot of like Japanese people of Brazilian origin who live in Japan again. So Togashi could very well know about this. Makes sense. And then there's a scene of Polka and Ponzu, that gang fighting separate in the anime that was into two scenes. Like the, the whole scene of, uh, it basically is them fighting in another scene, but that happens back to back. And like it's instantaneous. Like they show up and they start that scene and it goes into that other scene that happens in the next episode. That's really not mentioned until then. That's but a I'm not lot. Spoil it. Huh? <laughs> That's a lot of differences. Yeah. It really is. This is the most differences we've had since that arc in the first season that 99 just invented. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm trying to think of like the reasons why. I wonder if the approach that... What was the studio that made the anime studio Perot or... No, it's not Perot. Oh, uh, let not? me look. I forget who it is, but it's not Perot. It's oh, that's uh, oh, the one made ninety nine or or two uh, or eleven. Two thousand eleven. Oh, that was a that was a that was Madhouse. Madhouse. Because, given like the genre that I get, that I'm like thinking that Khmer and seen so far, it's like horror slash epic, and this is a very like horror setup for a lot of slow burn scenes maybe that's why they have the yunju scene and then a lot of the more um conflicts between chimera ants as like characters which i find really interesting so i wonder if they're beyond just trying to like have a lengthy season for this for the sake of like having a long show like that's the reasons why they're adding so much i guess contextual filler <laughs> so, I don't know if that's I, the right word. I guess for me, the way I feel about it is I often felt like 99 was a version of Hunter Hunter that like took the canonical events and showed them and then like had some like it, it tried to exhaustively show them and then like, had some like weird interstitial stuff. While this version tends to like this version for better or worse smooths out the rough edges. I'm personally someone who really enjoys rough edges because I think if we're like if we're like literally going with the metaphor of like gems, you are literally losing some of the contrast of the material by like smoothing out rough edges. But I think that 2011, it's most the most important value it had was the idea of making it a smoother, more digestible story. Like whether or not it was absolutely true to the show, like whether or not it was absolutely true to the manga. And I think that shines through here where it's like hey, this is not absolutely true, but it makes it more digestible, more smooth. Like, there's less, like, easily getting lost. But for me personally, I don't enjoy it as much, but I am glad that it exists for other people who that works a lot better for. 
Exactly. I, I definitely think it does make it like I think both Sarah and you were saying how it was made made it more digestible for anime fans, and it made it like more emotional, emo, emotional tearing of the the show. Like it tears at you in some places, which they do really a good job at, especially with the villages and mm-hmm. the the emphasis on Reina and and Kurt's character. Yeah, and going back to what Sarah said about like um, epic versus horror. Uh, I think the manga version of this is much more horror based because they don't yeah. include those scenes in order to like build up drama. They like just want things to be surprising and eerie. So like yeah. eerie is the pervading atmosphere in the NGL in the manga while like epic combined with eerie combined with tragic is more common in the manga. Uh, in the yeah, anime. I think tragic is the, more the word versus epic that I want to say. The anime version 2011 seems more of like a tra- a tragedy while the manga seems like it's more of a horror what's that one word it's like not creature feature but also like almost existential in a way because they did explain where the chimera ants come from and how they came to be so it's not like a cthulhu coming out of nowhere but it it gives me personally that same vibe just because it is so I don't really understand like where the commands are thinking like their way of thinking is just so beyond me and how the people are reacting to it um it seems at least the tone just seems very like hopeless at the moment it is interesting um because like you mentioned the idea of them explaining where they're from they do and they don't they explain mm-hmm. where they explain that the ant uh, that the ant queen is there and that she probably drifted there, but they don't explain where she drifted from and they don't explain why she's in such terrible shape. And spoilers, they never explain why she's in such terrible shape. They eventually yeah. maybe talk about the other, but they never talk about why she's like so fucked up. In all honesty, I just assume that that kite basically like engaged with her and she got away. That's all I can really think of. No, because but isn't he she was like surprised? To, he was surprised to have found it. So my thought is that something scarier did this to her. Ooh. Makes sense. Do you think it may be from I spoilers maybe no, from no, another? No, don't, don't say it. I think it might be from where you're thinking, but that's all I'll say. I gotcha. The demon world. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Rise Taylor, into this. Taylor, you're not you're not wrong. It's probably I'm from all wrong, those yeah. like how many layers of like the demon world cake <laughs> underneath. The first layer. <laughs> on, oh on all God, honesty, yeah. in all honesty, they th- uh, without spoiling it, there is a lot of allusions to the demon world in Hunter. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe it was c- the U two universe were connected in some way. I I do have a theory that like they might be related in that way, or that it might be conceptual. But I, if that was what his eventual plan was, I wouldn't be that surprised. But like we'll talk more about that in the distant future. Yeah, definitely post show, maybe even post after we're done with the manga. No, it's last episode of the show. Yeah, okay. That's where they that begin to talk about like how it could possibly overlap in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I I definitely be interested, especially the one thing you told me about with a certain character. So I'm definitely yeah. interested. We'll but, just yeah. talk around Sarah as long as possible forever. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's okay. Wait, yo, yo, yo. You, might, you know, my favorite part was now we're the ones asking the Chimera Ant Queen, yo, where are you really from? Oh, <laughs> yikes. We're, we're the POSs now. Um, anyway, um, 
Yeah, I guess like in le- I, we, I think we've all like talked a lot about themes and a lot about our thoughts. Do you guys have any more final things or do you should we sh- shut this one down? Do you think if if you could say that one chimera Anne is daddy or mommy, what would you think? Would you say I mean, the queen is literally mommy? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I definitely think I definitely think Welfin is daddy, but that's just my opinion. Okay, manga Welfin has a cod piece. What's up with that? <laughs> no, he has a he has a cod piece in, in the anime. Oh, okay, okay. Just they they do a side profile shot in the manga that I posted, and I'm like, that's just a dick, dude. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely Wolfen's daddy. Yeah, Zazan's a baddie for sure. Oh, for Fair. sure. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't I'm just imagining someone else. who's like, I'm imagining someone else who's like, oh, yo, I like the one with the boobs who has the mask on and is very much a psychopath. It's Fair just like, enough. well, whatever floats your boat, homie. Oh, the one that was part but of yeah, uh, no, definitely, Yuji's uh, team? Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, God, there's one who hasn't shown up yet who's the most creepy thing to ever exist. Which one was that? Uh, the spider guy? Oh, God, no. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, also the, the one scorpion lady, she's mommy. I forgot about that. Oh, no, Sarah mentioned uh, that's Zazan. Zazan, okay, I wasn't sure what her name was, my bad. Yeah, I'm st- I st- I'm pretty bad with the Chimera names. The only ones I really know are like the main ones, like Wolf and Peggy. Uh, it doesn't help that some of them change their names later. It's just like, wow, really glad we're reading Russian literature. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets kind of weird. I still, I, I this is like gonna be my third time, and I still struggle with some of the names of them. So, I mean, worst case scenario, you can just mention what they look like. I I just call them like their name Scorp. Like one of them is literally Koala, so it makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can just say yeah, but uh, but yeah, the the spider one is like what the fuck. Um, I am definitely excited to see to see a lot of a lot of these the creatures battle though. Is all I'm gonna say. Same, same. But um, unless you guys have more to say, I th- I think we're good for now. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh, do we want to okay. do the rate the deaths or? Uh, yeah, wait. Who did anyone die in this episode? Or were they all in last episode? Uh... Koala killed those guys. Oh with yeah, the... Koala killed Koala that dude. With... Kill... Okay, yeah, killed multiple a... people that way. That's a seven because you don't fully see what happens. You don't actually see him spit. It's just implied because it's behind a tree at the time. But like, it's pretty gruesome. The thing is that is that the, the funniest thing is in the anime. He just they just have sweat coming out of all the orifices. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be blood. I think it's. I mean, I think it's supposed to be water mixed with blood and like brain matter. Yeah, because oh, it, it looked I just was... like water. Yeah, it's maybe it'd be a little too much extra unnecessary detail to include all the little bits and pieces, and just having water would be more easier and also like a more obvious sign. Like he didn't use bullets; he used his spit, basically. <laughs> I wonder if there's a way that you could do it without breaking the brain brain blood barrier. And then I think about it for two seconds. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're I'm overthinking it. He definitely should have had brains coming out, but they didn't want to draw. They didn't want to draw the detail. Yeah. Yo, Joe, it's it's Mortal Kombat on uh the the snest. They're all sweating. Oh yeah, that's just sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was weird is like when uh when <laughs> when he shot the water into that dude, another guy came out and said, "Toasty." Yeah, that that was weird. I did really like that scene though, because it was a, it was a pretty epic battle. So I have to give it a nine, just because he hit him with a goddamn tree and he just spit at him and he killed him. 
this really brings up like how strong are the Khmer ants like naturally because they're already like hyper vital compared to humans. So it's interesting to think that there are some of them who can just like take shotgun bullets without magical powers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean obviously the ones the ones that are led by the turtle guy had, or like or had, were killed by the gunfire, but I mean Yeah, but like Yunju walks into a bunch of bullet fire and, and nothing happens to him. Fair. Yeah, and I think it's another not the is it the first one? But at least the more obvious like difference of like how humans see the Khmer ants versus Khmer ants see the humans and the conflict that come from it. Because both are like, you're beneath me or you should be beneath me. How dare you act this way? You're going against my my schema, <laughs> my my point of <laughs> you're going against you're everything saying. I knew. <laughs> I would really be interested it's impossible to know because it was so long ago, but if we could ever finally figure out exactly how the different intelligent sapiens dealt with each other and how they murdered each other and like what society looked like at that time with divisions between like Neanderthals, Cro-Magnons and humans, I would be very curious to read about that because it would be the only comparable situation because like Cro-Magnons, like Neanderthals and modern day humans all lived at the same time and like may or may not have been able to physically differentiate, differentiate each other. I think I was watching a video where some of them had like intermingled, but there was a lot of like competitiveness between the yeah. two. Um, but yeah, it'd be int- that, that, yeah, I think that would be the only like real world parallel that I could think of. Like those- I guess another thing I can think of is if there's ever been cases of like, invasive apes because like different species of like primates kill each other for food like chimpanzees eat like well no maybe not chimpanzees but there's some larger uh apes that eat like macaques which is insane to me but like they're not that closely related they just like look similar like they are closely enough related but they're like Uh, less closely related than we are to chimpanzees what's macaque macaques are like tiny little monkeys Ah, uh, yeah, no, I, I know about tiny little macaques. I know what that's like. Were you about to start the poem Three Little Monkeys, or, or what's up? No, uh, there was a there's a really bad dick joke. <laughs> what the, okay, got- anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Sorry, I didn't mean to, Sarah, if you were about to say something. Oh, no, 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 no. Go for it. Okay, please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat on our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, check out our Patreon, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and join our patron-only Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yu and much more. Honestly, you know, anyone who's already on there, feel free to, you know, hit us up and we'll uh, just like talk through some of the stuff that's going on these days. Um, exactly. But anyways- we can talk about, we can talk about some, we can talk about macaque, uh, talk about a lot of uh, different apes. <laughs> yeah. If y'all want to get really into primate talk. Uh, me and Patrick are going to start another, uh, you know, podcast called Primate Talk. It's, it's going to be, it's big, it's, it's going to be called Planet with Macaque. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and it just starts with the DK rap every time. Here, here, here we go. Um, we sing it. Speaking of the Discord, if you want in, but don't have the funds, you can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, send us the link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both, and we got you. Each review gets a service to tens or hundreds of more people. And then there's Patrick. He's dead. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by Rifty Beat and Lightest DeLeon, respectively. Uh, check them out on YouTube. 
Also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gashi. See y'all on the other side. Later. Bye, guys. <laughs>